What is up? It's your boy Anwar here, aka Agape Fire. Just coming at you with uh, another podcast slash book reading. Um, I'm just hoping that you are blessed. You get something from uh, the information from what God's given me. Hopefully, it's revelatory in nature, and hopefully, it helps you um, in your quest and your journey and what God is calling you into in this season. So I left off with this from Birthrights and Empires. The stagnation that I've seen that the Lord has shown me creates a culture that will breed eventually the response we see as a result when a prophet is given the response from the people. This is 1 Samuel 8, 19 through 20, and it reads, But the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations, with the king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. Many times in the scripture, I've been shown a differentiation between what the Lord wants to do and his people and how the hearts of some of the people resist the change and direction the Lord wants to take. I see a very interesting relationship between God's intention for his people and the people's destiny and desire, which was contrary to God's. The desire of the people is well-founded in man's intellect, and many a sound argument can be made as to the sins and ins and outs of systems and corporations that will appear to be fruitful in nature but will have no power and authority from the heavenly realm and will instead only reap an earthly reward, a reward that doesn't reach its fullness of power and potential. Many movements on earth have reached a point of success in the eyes of man, but have been displeasing to the Lord because they were unto the ends of man and systems of exclusivity, power, and pride. What we are building are temples and communities, places and people of worship, presence and relationship, as opposed to empires and machines that are meant to consume and be worshipped. The birthright of a priest, the birthright of a child of God, produces, recreates, co-creates, and brings life and not death. The people of birthright walk and act in accordance with kingdom-minded virtues. The empire of man's design mimics the true kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom is the true archetype of what the Lord has had in mind for his people all along. Earthly structures and earthly empires are representations of the attributes of God's economy, government, and order. We're moving towards temples that house the presence of the Lord but are moved and called outside into the world to provide a place of rest and reconciliation, health and nourishment. Temples that house the presence of the Lord must be built with specific blueprints. It's almost as if we are in the process of building an elaborate ark and we're getting ready for a flood. Only now, there isn't one builder for one family. There are multiple builders, many Noahs, will be called to provide places and spaces of refuge and promise for others who are sensing the need for a shift in their own lives. The next flood will be a water baptism, a revival like none other in history because many have been groomed and readied for the season that will soon be at hand. We're now in the between place, being readied for this future time, and we're being equipped to help the people in and out of the worship spaces imagine a new way to not only see what the Father wants to do with new wine, but also how he wants to make us into new wineskins. First, we're being transformed to understand our rightful place and dignified stance, 
Secondly, we are understanding in our own unique way that our faith cannot be the faith of the previous generation. Faith in previous seasons is what those seasons needed. A faith through a dark period and plague and a subsequent victory requires a different, in some ways, more intense engagement with the heart of Yahweh. We've been borrowing on old traditions for far too long, and now it's time to venture outside of the territory we already occupy to see where we must dig new wells. We're a grown organism that requires new sustenance for deeper journeys and missions with direction not found in any manual or set of regimes and principles. We need the Holy Spirit to direct and sustain every portion of the process ahead. So we must build on the successes of the previous sojourners so that our toil and their toil, their pressing in and our pressing in does not become a stale wine with no taste today. The wine is still good, nonetheless. It just might not be as useful for the direction and mission God has us in right now. So dare I say, we are being called to administer the bread and wine, the body and blood, anywhere and everywhere. The sacraments know no bounds. Traditions and old forms will sometimes block the entryway to the gates of the kingdom. This means that in our current state of affairs, we're going to have to take the truths of the gospel, the covenants God set before us, and apply new insights to new problems that still have the same symptom. The people are hurting, crying out for freedom and relief from a myriad of ailments which will all take them to a grave of lawlessness or religion. People are no longer afraid of dying, and they're no longer afraid of living as a heathen. Too many world systems now keep people comfortable and justified. So we're being sanctified towards the place of being ready for the coming activation. The church is becoming the bride of Christ and already the bride of Christ. It, we are. In the time of Jesus' ministry, and even now, it's been a tradition for the bride to make costly preparations, not just for appearances sake or for a festive event, but for the purpose of consummation. We can never be perfect until we reach our fullness. But what is true is that the gift of the Holy Spirit is making us ready. We can already see headlines in every news outlet and bylines in the social media spheres that are calling to attention the depravity of men, injustices, economic downturn, political unrest, and disunity in many ways spill out a different type of pandemic that only the people of God have the solution for. Better jobs, bigger houses, and more access to greater losers have never and will never alleviate the problem that ails the souls of men and women. The question I had to ask myself and then subsequently the church is whether or not we had a true understanding in our church communities that we have not been that much different than the rest of the world. We live as though the Lord doesn't exist in this time and space completely. We operate under this false truth that the Lord is okay with our mediocrity and that we are just biding our time here on earth until we get to the heavenly mansion we've reserved with our heartfelt conviction. The church is intellectually ready to become a new vision and image of what the Lord has been preparing for us some time now. It will not be the end all, just as every great awakening wasn't the actual coming of Christ. What it was meant to be was a clear picture of his more mature bride being made more ready for a spirit of love and generosity to be shown throughout all the earth as the truer manifestation of what the people of God are supposed to be moving towards. This is kingdom restoration time. 
From the beginning of time until now, the Lord has been moving, or better yet, wooing us into a relationship, providing grace, mercy, 50 of chances, judges, priests, prophet messengers, and of course, the spotless lamb who would help us break free. The question will always arise, why? Why would God allow the earth to become so corrupt? Why would he create Lucifer, knowing he would attempt to take his throne? Be it out of ignorance and pride. Why do we need a savior? Why do we need a church with four walls when we have a personal relationship with our created God? So it's here that the Lord has placed it on my heart to tackle these questions by getting to the common third found throughout the whole Bible. If you find the Bible to be the source of supreme knowledge, or at least the truest written source of knowledge, then this might be a reading that will take you a bit higher. The next level is where the Lord always wants all of us, maturing spiritually, emotionally, and being more aware of our call and purpose in the most immediate seasons of our lives. Thank you for listening to this portion of my Birthrights and Empires book. Um, Share it, send it, Shoot, you can uh, mix it up and remix and put it in your own (laughs) uh, work of art. I'd like to hear what you got going on. Um, I'm just sharing this because I feel like God's called me to. Um, You know, I wrote this book. uh, For the most part, over the pandemic, I got the idea before pandemic, but I felt like this was timely. Um, So be blessed by this. I got more to come. Basically, the this session and the last session were um, basically the intro. The next chapter is uh, the first chapter, the more increasing kingdom. And so, hopefully, uh, you know, you digest this, pray about this, all that good stuff, and um, I'll hit you up with the next one. So, anyways, thanks for uh, tagging along. Let me pray for you right quick, Lord Jesus. I thank you for any brother or sister that has listened to what you've given me and pray that um, it would bless them, it would sanctify them, it'd be water nourishing their souls, it would give them ideas and encourage them into how to become catalysts and how to push the revival, the restoration, the reignition time forward that we're uh, coming into uh, where it's a new age, it's a kingdom age, the church ages, uh, that door is closing slowly but surely and Lord, um, I pray that you would uh, just inspire this uh, this generation to uh, take up your gospel, take up your truth, uh, to put down the things that get in the way of you, Yahweh, so they can fully see you and um, just be a part of what your heart wants for this generation, for this world, and for all the creation. In the name of Jesus, amen.